Welcome to our podcast. I was originally trying to do this on a weekly basis, but life intervened and I was not able to. So I'm going to call this my regular irregular podcast, my occasional podcast. And this time I'm going to talk a little bit about internal search. Search has been a huge topic lately. Everybody has to deal with search and information access. At the end of the day, what else are we doing besides searching and retrieving information? And we had a a session on this a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about search really changing. It's not a white box. You know, it's not something that you just bolt on. It's not about technology per se. It's about the experience. It's about information aggregation. It's access. It's about building capabilities. And search algorithms may be improving, but they still don't know what your intent is. Uh, They don't know what your role is. They don't know what your perspective is. And of course, we're trying to infer perspective. We're trying to infer intent whenever we get these sparse signals. And at the end of the day, search is a set of signals. We're taking keywords and we're putting them into a system and those are signals. And then we're trying to interpret those signals and return something. And really at its foundation, it's a recommendation engine. Search says, oh, you're giving me this information I'm going to recommend these documents. I'm going to recommend these web pages. I'm going to recommend these products or these actions or whatever it might be. And we really need to start integrating various design methods into search and think of it as an application. So we need to think about the user. We need to think about their tasks, their processes. We absolutely need to look at the content. We need to consider scenarios. We have to think about what our users are going to do. You know, I always say to people, they say, well, we want, we want it to be like Google. And I say, if you put as much time, energy, resources, and money into optimizing your content that organizations that get good search ranking results do, your search will be like Google because they're spending a lot of time optimizing content. So when you think about search, it's about findability, right? Some people say search is easy. Finding is hard. And there's a bunch of different things that come together. You certainly have to have technology that's going to support your objective. You need to have good organizing principles. You have to have information architecture. Some people say, oh, you don't need that. You know, um, these new algorithms will do that. Well, they're making decisions and assumptions about architecture if you're not doing it explicitly. They're doing it implicitly. They're doing it as part of their search engine algorithm. So information architecture is very important. And process is important. Governance is important. You know, how people execute their searches. And again, we're looking at this from an internal enterprise perspective. We're going to talk about uh, site search as well. And so when you think about findability, when you think about search and information retrieval, it's a combination of things. It's not a single thing. We have to have search engines that are integrated with our technologies and our data sources. We have to have some information architecture and user experience that's designed. We need to have metadata. (laughs) You know, again, search is about metadata. And if we are not applying metadata, we are deriving it. And that's what a search engine does. It implies, it says, oh, I think I know what this is about. I'm going to index these documents. Indexing is implied metadata. And we need to look at our content processes. Part of the issue is if we just throw everything in a giant pile, yeah, it's going to be hard to find stuff. And if users don't necessarily curate their content at all, or they don't try to apply any organizing principles, then that's a problem. 
And, and there's a lot of different things that need to happen on the content side in order for that to work. What ties it all together is governance. And again, we're not just throwing a bunch of stuff in a pile and trying to find it. When, when we look at product information, people spend a lot of time curating product information. When we look at high value content for help desks, people spend a lot of time curating and organizing that information. And you can think of this as a maturity model, maturity curve. You can think of your, your organization as being proficient in any of these areas. And we actually have a maturity model that we use that talks about these different parameters, these different facets, and then rates the organization in each of these areas. And everything from unpredictable to aware to competent to synchronized to choreographed, you use whatever terms you want. And at each stage for each of these facets, there are certain characteristics. And of course, you know, search nirvana is where you have automated workflows that, that help you report on compliance that automatically flag things that are not implemented. You have uh, search integration with ontologies, very rich ontologies, so you can build associative relationships that will provide the related content. Think of an ontology and associative relationships as a reference librarian who, when you ask them a question, they know where to look and they'll make recommendations because search terms are very sparse. And you can build these relationships that actually embed knowledge of the organization and knowledge of the processes and knowledge of tasks and knowledge of your IP into the structure. And then that structure can be referenced by the search engine. And that's all driven by use cases. We need to think about integration of structured and unstructured content and pull this from multiple systems dynamically. It really is about the what and the why. You know, the what happened? Well, why did it happen? And we need to contextualize and personalize metadata in such a way that we're auto-populating as much of it as we can, right? We're taking the, the onus off of the user and we're putting this into the system. We're building it into the processes. And governance should be looking at all of this on an ongoing basis so that you have engagement, you have the right resources, you can continuously improve the processes. And when you look at how you're trying to build this information architecture that's supporting search, there can be many steps in the process. And, and again, people say, well, I don't have time for that, or that's too expensive, or that's too much. Well, you have to look at high-value content. And if you have high-value content and high-value process, then it justifies this. And there's a top-down approach to developing information architecture and a bottom-up. What do I mean by that? Well, top-down is kind of looking at, well, what are the problems that we have? And, you know, what are the issues? And who are the audiences? And what are the use cases? And what content do they need to support that process? And now let's organize the content. So you're really looking from a business agenda and a user agenda. And that's always important. Bottom-up says, well, let's look at this content. And let's see, well, how well can we organize it? If I send somebody down to your basement to organize your basement, they'll put it in some semblance of, you know, order. Right? Same idea. You can just look at content and say, what's the nature of this content and how can I organize it and put it into buckets that make sense? I don't necessarily need to know the user, but I can do it now. Of course, I absolutely should know the user and I should know the use cases because I can't, even if I say to you in your basement, hey, is this stuff important? Do you need these old record albums? Do you need these photographs? Do you need this? Do you need that? Are these books important? What's important to you? Do you need these golf clubs? Right? So even though I could organize it, I can't say what's important and I can't 
uh, you know, prioritize. I can't make it easily accessible. If I, if I leave your stuff, you know, buried in the back in the attic or wherever, and, and that's really important stuff. I need that today. Well, that's a different story. Do, do you camp anymore? I have camping equipment. So content is the same way. What's important and how do you prioritize it? And how do, how do people um, access it? So you can look at the content. You can start deriving organizing principles and taxonomies and metadata, and you can build content models, and you can align those with mental models. And, you know, ultimately the bottom up and the top down um, integrate. Uh, and we build this user experience. So, again, search is almost the, the end of the story, right? It's saying I've already done all this stuff to make my content manageable and effective and organized. And now I want to put an interface on top of it in order to retrieve it. And even when you start doing things like content audits, you start realizing you have a lot of junk, right? You got to throw away stuff. And you can use technologies to do this. You can facilitate audits with uh, systems that, that will look at various characteristics and say this is high priority or lower priority. You can give it models. You can use example content. You can build a training corpus and then apply that against your, your larger content. And you can't do any of this stuff completely manually. But, you know, I talked about use cases. And one of the things I want to say is that you really do need to develop use cases. And when I start talking about the level of specificity that I mean when I say use case, a lot of people say, oh, my God, I have to do that for everything? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, eventually you should be building libraries of use cases for your organization. And those should be part of the IP, those should be part of the know-how, those should be part of the other artifacts that you're building that help you understand what's important to people. Well, you build them anyway when you have job descriptions and tasks and processes, procedures. Those are all use cases. And so the use case isn't find this information or must be able to use a web browser. <laughs> you know, that's ridiculous stuff. But it's really starting to think about the actor, the action, the objective, the content that they need, and then how we can start organizing that. What are the handles on which we access that content? And so I think at the end of the day, you really need to think about search as an application. And we're trying to surface content in the context of tasks. And what, again, does that mean? It means we have to understand our audiences. We have to understand things they're trying to accomplish. We have to look at the content. We have to develop those organizing principles. We have to look at how this integrates across systems and build workflow processes and content authoring processes and curation processes and review and publishing and so on. And we have to be able to do this in such a way that we surface information for users rather than have them try to put a term in a white box and then pull back uh, a whole bunch of facets. Now, Another way to think about this, because again, it's work and it's expensive and it's difficult, is that there's a, there's a span of structure, there's a span of value, there's a span of context for content. Let me start with structure. On the one end, you have knowledge creation. Knowledge creation is a chaotic set of processes. There's less structure inherently, right? You're just collaborating with people. And you have things like you know, collaborative workspaces or uh, incident messaging or blogs or wikis or email management. And you're simply trying to solve a problem. You're trying to collaborate with your colleagues. You're creating knowledge. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you have knowledge reuse. You have knowledge access. You're trying to answer questions. You're trying to retrieve information for a very specific purpose. 
you're trying to access structured documents and structured content. Maybe learning management systems are in there, records management systems, and process management, and you know, content management. And again, this is a continuum, right? So you have knowledge creation and knowledge reuse. And when people say, you know, I can't find my stuff, you know, we have all these collaborative workspaces everywhere. And I say, well, what are you trying to do? Well, I'm trying to find this information that I need for this process. Well, it's in a collaborative workspace. Yeah. Well, it doesn't belong there. <laughs> it belongs in a repository where you can retrieve it. You have to promote that content. The analogy I, I give people is imagine that um, you're, in a, you're in a conference room with a bunch of people and you're working on a plan or a project, and somebody barges in and says, hey, where's our strategic plan for uh, marketing for uh, this quarter? You're going to be, get out of here. We're working. We're not, you know, don't start rifling through my stuff. But at the end of the process, when I've solved my problem, I'm going to have all my papers out and flip charts up and post-it notes. At the end of that, there's an output. I take that output and I put it on the shelf outside for, someone to, for people to access. Same idea. Collaboration is a chaotic process. It's knowledge creation. You're producing an output. Once you produce that output, it needs to be organized. It needs to be put in a place where you can retrieve it. The other aspect of content is to think about the continuum of value, right? We have low value content, low cost. It's not easily accessible. It's unfiltered, right? So message text or discussion postings or, you know, draft deliverables or external information that comes in. And then you can start to think about moving it through this process where you start adding structure to it, where you start tagging it and organizing it and editing it and vetting it and improving it. And that becomes, that's expensive because when we put that energy in, it becomes higher cost content, but it's more accessible. And again, best practices or proved methodologies or, you know, uh, process information or products to support a particular task or, you know, all of that becomes much more valuable and requires an intentional approach to the content and the structure and the process and the onboarding and the curation and the vetting and the editing and so on. Now, some people say, oh, there's all kinds of high value content in my email or in message text or collaboration. Yes, that's fine. But it has to be pulled out and it has to be segmented and it has to be prioritized. It has to be vetted. It has to be edited. And again, so the idea is to think about low value and high value content and think about the support of the process and the amount of, of energy that has to go in to taking low value content and creating something of higher value. We also have a task context because we can have a very narrow audience and you can kind of think of this as uh, your desk and your desktop. It's very messy, perhaps, and it's a narrow audience, you, versus a broad audience. And think about walking into the, you know, the atrium or the corporate reception center, you're not going to be putting your stuff up there, right? You're not going to be putting a poster up with your to-do list in the visitor center or in reception, right? That's, there'll be stuff up there, but that's for wide dissemination. That's, that's approved. It's a clear message. It's for everybody. It's for the broad audience, for anybody coming in. And so, you know, when you look at application-specific, localized, you're talking about solving particular problems. You're talking about technical assets. You're talking about focused use, maybe it's a service line or functional scope, it's in the weeds, right? It's developing capabilities, it's solving problems, you know, subject matter experts are, are curating. Other end of the spectrum, we're talking about general use, organizational scope, higher level messaging, common processes, 
It's a generalized applications, things like process documentation, executive level vision, firm-wide messaging, communication policies. And again, you're going local versus global. Those are going to require different processes and different standards and different policies and different organizing principles. So people look at content and they look at search and they say, oh, my search sucks. And they don't think about all of these different aspects of your content. Application context, information construct, task construct, and so on. In the application context, it's less structure versus more structure. For the information construct, it's unfiltered versus filtered. For the task construct, it's engagement level and, and, and focus level versus policy level. And again, there's a whole bunch of different parameters. Nature of the process, the knowledge process, the purpose, the span of control, the class of tool, different classes of tool support these different types of uh, constructs. The cost, the value, the editing process, the vetting process, the tagging process, the type of content, the ease of use, and then again, audience, application, level of detail, and so on. So when we look at this world of information and information access, information and data is very heterogeneous. Right? We have everything from intranets and web pages and documents sitting on file servers and, and file shares, and we have custom databases, and we have messaging applications, we have customer relationship management systems, and product lifecycle, and ERP systems, and business intelligence. We have this huge range of different types of things. And then we have different ways of structuring that information and different ways of of managing and organizing and retrieving and integrating. And you can't say it's one size fits all, right? It's really thinking about it from that application perspective. I say search is a recommendation engine because you can say, I'm going to pull something back based on some simple signals, some simple attributes. So if I'm looking for a restaurant uh, on Yelp, I might look in a particular geographic range. I might look for a price range. I might look for a type of cuisine. It's few variables, it's unambiguous, it's, a, it's objective. It's less complex, it's easier to model. I mean, and they're really matching algorithms, they're querying across data sources. I can start to get more complex by adding more variables and having ambiguity and having situations that are subjective, that require knowledge of the domains and the experiences and the behaviors. And then I can start getting into more subjective attributes based on the judgment of the person who's modeling this, or you know, there's more ambiguity, it's harder to validate, and it gets more complex based on probabilities and learning algorithms and, and latent attribute models. We have lots of variables, we have patterns that emerge, it depends on probabilities, and, and you, can, you can surface these patterns in different ways. So on the one end of the spectrum, simple attribute-based retrieval. On the other, they're latent attribute. Uh, models. And that's where we get our learning algorithms that look for patterns and surface those patterns. But at the end of the day, it's a recommendation engine. <laughs> Search isn't a recommendation engine, and there are lots of different ways to slice and dice this and make this work. We're going to take up the topic of product search and site search uh, on a future podcast. And uh, please be sure to check out our uh, executive roundtable. Uh, again, my name is Seth Early, and uh, I thank you for your time.